Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. Broadcasting from the Morton studio today, I'm Darren Hefty. Uh, I love, love, love this time of year. I love the Christmas gatherings and all the things that go with that. And I also like making my lists for the upcoming crop. And it's one of those kinds of shows where we're going to talk about tips for higher yields in soybeans. So often we, we talk to folks that say, my corn crop's moving forward. I'm really happy with my yields. My soybeans are lagging behind. And sometimes it's the exact opposite. Sometimes folks will say, man, my soybean yields are killing it and my corn or my wheat or something else that I'm growing is eh, kind of at a yield plateau. So I just want to talk through a few of those things and, and a couple of things that we've experienced on our farm and then maybe some ideas that you could look at on your own farm too as you're kind of analyzing where you're at with yields and, and what the next steps are going to be. First of all, in our farm, we've always thought a pretty decent rule of thumb was was about a three-to-one yield ratio from corn to soybeans. So if you're raising, for example, 300 bushel corn, 100 bushel soybeans would be kind of in line. So cut that in half, 150 bushel corn, 50 bushel soybeans. I know as we go west, as we go north from where we farm, those are much more realistic numbers for a lot of growers. But we also see growers saying, you know what, I'm getting 200 bushel corn, I'm still stuck at the 50 bushel soybean mark. Or I'm getting 240 bushel corn, I'm stuck at the 60 bushel soybean mark. And those things just aren't right. You should you should have better soybean yields in, in most cases. So a couple of things that we found that have really paid for us well. Number one would be drainage. And number two would be nutrient placement or strip-till. It doesn't have to be strip-till, but banding nutrients. Um, so let me talk about those for just a second. First of all, corn has five times the root mass of soybeans. And if you think about it, just think about a corn plant and trying to pull a corn plant out of the ground and then think about trying to pull a soybean plant out of the ground or digging up a corn plant and trying to keep all the roots versus digging up a soybean plant and trying to keep the roots in. And you know it. You know that corn has a much, much bigger root system. Well, think about it this way. If you've got a drainage problem and you've got excess water and not enough oxygen, which of those two plants has the best shot? If you've got flooding type situation, which one has the best shot? But the more so than flooding, just the internal drainage, subsoil moisture. We've benefited more by improving subsurface drainage with our soybeans than we did on the corn. I mean, both benefited, no doubt, but soybeans even more so. That, that was a big deal. So if you've got a drainage problem, think about all the issues that come up in soybeans as well. More iron deficiency chlorosis, more issue with salts, high nitrates, high carbonates, uh, all, all those types of things. Soybeans are just so sensitive, they can't handle it. I mean, think about all the fertilizer that we can put in relatively close proximity to a corn root, compare that to a soybean root. Soybeans just can't tolerate it as much. So that's something to, to think about. Drainage, internal drainage in the soil, not surface drainage, but internal drainage. Very important on soybeans. The other thing is banding nutrients. And I just mentioned you don't want to put nutrients right next to a soybean seed. But if you put nutrients where a soybean will eventually grow through it, that really seems to be a positive. For us, that meant strip tillage, but it doesn't have to be that way. You could certainly do it in different ways. But we did strip tillage. We would drop nutrients down about six inches, maybe eight inches even below 
where we're going to plant soybean seed. So we'd build these strips in the fall. Then in the spring, we'd come back, plant soybeans right over them. And by the time the soybean plants were six inches tall, I mean, they had a pretty decent sized rip mass underneath them and they were well into that fertility band. And of course, by putting them out and putting the nutrients out in the fall, it had time to, to start to uh, move around just a little bit with some of those nutrients. It wasn't quite as concentrated, but man, we saw a response. When our soybeans hit those strips, we would see a change in color. We'd see just a change in uh, the vibrance of those beans. It, it, it was making a world of difference. Um, also, another another thing is just to think about soybean roots and how far they spread out. We plant in 30-inch rows, and it takes quite a while before the roots completely go across that 30-inch row. They do, but they aren't going to do that in the first couple of weeks. So it takes a long time for, for soybean roots to move around in the soil. So they just aren't as good at picking up broadcast fertilizer applications. The other thing that, that we saw with nutrition and soybeans, as opposed to corn, is with potassium. With potassium and corn, it's taking up just a little bit all the time. And the peak demand for corn, uh, and I guess depending on whose estimate you look at, but it's somewhere in the three to three and a half pounds of potassium uptake per day. And when you look at soybeans, it's closer to five and a half or six pounds per acre per day. So soybeans with one fifth the root mass of corn needs to take up almost double the amount of potassium per day. And when is it going to do that? Well, it's going to do that all during the reproductive phases. So it's going to do it in the months of July and August for farmers raising full season soybeans. Well, that's why we always say August rains make beans because August flushes some of that potassium into the soil solution and allows the plant to uptake it by drinking in water. So that's why why rain in the mid to late summer is really important for beans. It's also why having higher concentration levels of K are really important. So we talk a lot about 4 to even 8% base saturation K, and that's where it really comes into play. High-yielding corn, for sure, but also in soybeans. If you're a dryland farmer, you've got to have a good concentration of K out there because soybeans have to pull it all in in a relatively short period of time. All right, we're going to talk more about tips for higher yields in soybeans. Certainly, there are a lot of different things that you can focus on as you're trying to improve your soybean yields, but what a fun time of year as you're putting those plants together, thinking about each field, thinking about what the challenges are out there, and trying to come up with the best ideas. Even if they aren't always your ideas, maybe they're your brother's ideas. I know Brian says that all the time. Uh, it is kind of fun to, to work together on this and figure out how to get better soybeans. We'll also be taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. The weeds are coming! The weeds are coming! Hey, Paul Revere! This whole midnight ride thing is getting really... But the HPPD-resistant weeds are coming... We've got Verdict Herbicide. Verdict Herbicide? Yeah, it's a non-HPPD corn pre-herbicide from BASF. Oh, well then, get some sleep. Yeah, will do. The weeds are coming! Switch to Verdict Herbicide! Always read and follow label directions! 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at headsupst.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. Higher yields in soybeans, man, when the soybean price is good, that can sure add up to some dollars. You still have the same amount of money you're spending on seed, roughly, the same amount of money you're spending on weed control. If you could just squeeze some extra bushels out, it'd be a, a high percentage of that would be profit. So we're going to talk about how you can get higher yields in soybeans profitably on your farm. We'll also be taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844 44 Ag PhD. Start off with our first guest here. We got Tony Wendler on with Farm Shop MFG. And Tony, I sure love uh, some of the ideas you've had about improving yields and profits in soybeans. Some of it comes down to how you treat those beans in the bin. Of course, some of it is how you treat the beans out in the field. Um, so thanks for joining us today, Tony. Hey, I really look forward to the opportunity. And uh, it's. Uh, the couple of days this week, I think we can get out and move around here in the upper Midwest because Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I think it's it's uh, shut-in time. <laughs> well, it's going to be cold. And I, the thing I like about that, though, when it gets really cold up here in the winter, is it's a great time to sit down and start making plans for next year and, and make some final decisions or uh, make a few phone calls to track down some different ideas that we've got. So what are a few things? I, I, I guess, would you say bin fan controls or, or something, that, some easy money? You've already got the beans harvested. You've done all the work in the field. Now it's just managing the moisture a little bit. I've got three three things I'd like to uh, touch yep. on today. Uh, two directly connected, one uh, not, but it's uh, one of those thoughts I've had, and I read some research on it. Uh, the uh, hey, after the harvest is done, forever we all thought our crop was done. But if you put it in there dry, you can grow it. And I'll tell you, I'm going to call it a fun story. Uh, but uh, I had a, a, an individual who had two dry beans put one of our things on, just talked to him a few weeks ago, and he was over in Michigan. And uh, he had seed beans, and he said he needed to get these things moving along pretty good. And I said, okay, uh, we can set it this way, but I need you to keep an eye on the monitors. 
because, you know, if conditions are right, this could move pretty fast. So I want you to pay attention to it. So we start out at uh, it's like 10, 11% beans. And then uh, he called me up last week and he said, well, Tony, I didn't pay any attention to the monitors. It only been a couple of weeks. And he said, the monitors are reading this and this. And I said, okay, say it again. I understood it right. His beans are now at 14 and 16. He overshot it. Now, on the other side is easy management, just like we can add water using the fans. We can also set it to use drier air to dry them back out. Although in Michigan right now, I don't know if he's going to be seeing a lot of that that's not frozen air, which does no good. So uh, it does make a difference. And uh, that uh, the I like this easy math on 20,000 bushels of beans, three points of moisture is 900 bushels of beans, 54,000 pounds of water weight. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second goes more directly to our planting that uh, people don't spend a lot of, well, they, they do spend time thinking about it, but there's a lot of people look at beans and they play a little bit of a looser game than we do with corn. The uh, one on enclosing that furrow is extremely important. And uh, there is a, uh, some independent research that's done. It's actually been conducted for multiple years across five states. Their uh, information says that a high-performance wheel like a germinator is worth two and a half bushels of beans on the average uh, year in, year out, as compared to a rubber tire closing wheel system. Interesting. Two and a half, bu- two and a half bushels pays off. You know, oh, that's real quick. Relatively big money. Yeah, it's big money. Um, so closing that furrow is very important, even though it's beans and everybody kind of thinks beans, it's get them in the ground and everything's good. The next one comes to that thought of everybody being kind of, uh, uh, loose on, uh, planting. Uh, a lot of people think pour the beans in the ground, they're going to grow. And some of these planters, it's just about the way they do. They just dump them in there. Uh, this research, and I went back to try to find it because I always I pulled it out. I remembered that, but I I put it away too well. I think it was Purdue that was doing this. Uh, they were looking at uh, just like in corn. If we plant uh, corn, we have a hill. Uh, rather than having a full cob, we're going to have uh, three two three quarters of a cobs. Uh, beans. What they looked at: if you plant one seed on top of the other. Two things happened to that plant. One is it didn't branch as much and it grew taller, but it had more distance between the nodes, which gives you less opportunity for pods. So the uh, they don't have math on uh, the implications to yield at this point, but they're saying their preliminary study says this is worth looking at. And uh, that absolutely makes sense. And if we uh, transpose corn, into the soybeans, uh, that that perhaps is the right answer. And uh, some of the indications are also that by going to rather than 30 inch rows to uh, 20 or 15s, basically we're spreading seeds out more. We're picking up a bushel and a half per acre type number. This uh, component of not dumping one seed on top of another translates into that uh, that area also. So. Sure. Uh, I guess my those are my three topics. It's uh, you can still grow your beans in the bin, take them from uh, 
10% to 13. Close that furrow, uh, get a good quality closing wheel, and if you're not using germinators, you better be using somebody's. And uh, the and, but germinators have some advantage over everybody else. So it's, call me up and I'll tell you how that works. The uh, and the last is uh, we need to look at our planters and uh, maybe try to be scattering our spreading our seed more evenly. Yeah, lots of different so, things that that can be done. I know you talk about putting seed in the ground, and there's certainly a lot of focus on that on corn, but it's important in soybeans too. And you could be leaving bushels on the table there. Now we're talking with Tony Wendler with Farm Shop MFG. Tony, thank you so much. Really appreciate all the thoughts, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you also. Bet we got Dean Grossnickel on right now with Syngenta, and Dean uh, don't have a lot of time here before the first break, but at least you can throw out a couple ideas to start with. Maybe we can hold you through the break here and, and follow up right afterwards. But uh, I know you've been working with soybeans for a lot of years down there, and looking with or working with a bunch of high yielding growers too, and in, in the state of Iowa and beyond. What are some of the big things that you think get missed on uh, producing the best yielding soybeans? Oh, I think, uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, the biggest thing I think people miss out is we're still back in this uh, one um, kind of a roundup ready mentality in that we're still using foundation rates of pre-herbicides in our soybean space. And we're planting corn and soybeans at the same time, and we're asking a lot of those residuals to carry us out into that, you know, early June, mid-June time frame. And we really just don't have a lot of oomph to get us there and put a lot of selection pressure on that post. And you know as well as I do, if we miss those uh, water hemp or troublesome weeds that first time, and then we come back after we start flowering, well, then we're just really knocking our yield, right? Anytime we start trying to clean up things after we've initiated flowering, we start knocking uh, aborting flowers, knocking off pods, and we're really leaving uh, a lot of bushels on the table uh, when if we would just do a little more planning up front, start with a nice clean field, robust residuals, we can take care of that first flush without having to do these cleanup applications, which I think really farmers knock a lot of yield off that top end by, you know, I miss the weeds. I got to do something. And so they go out there trying to do a rescue application and end up costing them yield. Yeah, it is it is tough to to get that rescue timed just right. It's tough to get the rate right. You're putting a lot of stress on the crop because you're having to spray something oftentimes harsh. And then the other the other part of that, Dean, is is adding in a residual with that post emerge product. If you don't get it out there early enough, those residuals like metallochlor and other products they aren't going to bring down a weed that's already up. You need to be ahead of it. So that's that's going to be an interesting part of this. Hey, hey Dean, I want to ask you about fungicide use just a little bit. Have you got time to hang on for a minute? Yeah, sure do. We'll get right back to that. Uh, we're talking with Dean Grossnickel here with Syngenta, and whenever we get Dean on, I want to grill him on a few things. And we'll talk a little about fungicides, but we'll also take your calls and agronomic questions after this break at 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned.
What does it feel like to get all for none? How does all the Thanksgiving turkey with none of the cooking sound? All your football team's highlights with none of the timeouts. We'll do you one better. What about all the benefits of a new Farmall utility tractor with none of the finance cost? Welcome to Farmall A-Days. For a limited time only, gain 0% financing for 48 months or a cashback offer when you invest in select Farmalls this holiday season. There's a reason they call it a Farmall and not a Farm None. Visit caseih.com slash offers to learn more about these special offers running now through December 31st. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. How can natural products help you raise bigger and better crops? I'm Darren Hefty. In recent years, natural products have exploded onto the market, claiming to improve soil health and plant development. There's a lot to sort through. That's why we're devoting a full day to our Ag PhD Naturals Workshop. It's Thursday, January 12th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of natural products, and we want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. It's planting season, race against the clock season, mistakes can't happen season, and no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster, that makes your spacing and depth more accurate, and that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Scene B wants to help make your holidays John Deere green. With in-store selections of toys, lifestyle products, and collectibles, we have something for everybody. Make a list, check it twice, and find that perfect gift at your nearest CNB store. With 10% off going on now through December 31st, don't delay, shop today. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. And now when you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. Offer good while supplies last, so order yours today at farmshopmfg.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about tips for higher yields in soybeans. And I just want to say this one more time. Not only higher yields in soybeans, so many of the costs that we have are already going to be the same. It's not going to cost us more to kill a weed in 40 bushel beans than 80 bushel beans. It's not going to cost us more to protect from disease in 40 bushel beans and 80 bushel beans for the most part. You may have some more fertility, of course. You're going to need more fertility to raise higher yields. But, wow, a lot of these things 
it's not going to cost you more. So if you can get some more bushels out of these things, if like Dean Grossnickel with Syngenta was on here just before the break, and we'll have Dean back in just a second, but he's talking about weed control. And if you do just a little bit better job and it opens up another of profit just because you timed things well and used the appropriate rates, that's a big, big deal. I think it's kind of the same thing on fungicides. Uh, Dean, when you think about timing on fungicide use and using products that last a little bit longer, uh, there's some money there for guys if, if we make the right choices. Oh, that, that's absolutely the case. You know, we know that, uh, just beans inherently, right? They're, they're more inefficient plant than what corn is, right? We're going to see three plant versus a C four plant, which corn is. So they, in my terms, I think about, they like to spin their wheels a little bit, but anytime we can use a fungicide that has some plant health benefits, like uh, Miravis Neal, for uh, example, right? It's got the azoxystrobin in it, which is your strobiliarin chemistry. It's got a depidin, which is your SDHI. They help that plant be able to capture carbon better, be more efficient. And even when it's not necessarily under stress, definitely when we hit stress times, like, you know, we've had some moisture limiting uh, instances this last year, per se. Anytime we can keep that plant healthier, longer, it's going to be more efficient in its carbon capture. That translates into yield and more bushels in the bin. You know, and then let me look at some of the differences between some of the old products on the market today and the length of protection uh, out of some. Let's just stay with your Miravis Neo example. Uh, we've got a product that lasts longer. And that, to me, gives a lot more forgiveness if we're out a few days earlier because, uh, well, I just look at our own farm, Dean, and tell me, tell me what you think about this. So I, I have timing, and let's just say I want to spray on Friday because that would be the absolute ideal time is Friday. But you know what? It's going to be windy on Friday. <laughs> Or it's going to rain on Friday. Yep. And now it's Monday, and I can be a few days early, and it's perfect weather for spraying. I'm going to go on Monday. I'm not going to take a chance I can't get back in the field. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I've been there, done that, right? And it's just like, I mean, you're right. It totally, with some of these uh, newer chemistries, with the longer residual, it does give us flexibility. So if I'm a, a few days earlier um, than maybe that R3 timing in the soybean realm, that gives us the longevity. You know, we're going to be just fine in that regards. And, and again, it's going to help, uh, help in that pod fill category, gives us that flexibility. I call it basically a risk reduction uh, there with our timing, and it really does give us the flexibility that we didn't have in the old chemistries. All right. One other thing I wanted to bring up was seed treatments. I, I know Syngenta's got a massive pipeline of, of seed treatment <laughs> products coming out. Uh, I mean, the new Viantis mm-hmm. chemistry is pretty exciting, but I mean, the list goes on and on. There's just a ton of different uh, active ingredients there. And when you look at those complete seed treatments for soybeans, we've seen such a difference on our farm. I mean, some years the insecticide portion really benefits us. Some years the fungicide portion really benefits us. You don't know what kind of year you're going to get but i feel like protecting our seed on average over the years gives us somewhere between a three and six bushel response what what would you say to that no i mean i i totally agree with you you don't you just that's the thing what you just laid out was is the perfect scenario you never know the what mother nature is going to throw out at out at you in any given year whether it be too wet too dry we know that you know as as we get uh we got pythium phytophthora that you know they really like those saturated soils rhizoctonia likes likes those drier type soils 
But again, you got a lot of different pathogens that are starting to hit hit at that uh, that uh, you know seedling, and if we can just protect it a little bit, uh, again, that helps us get out of the ground faster. If we can get out of the ground faster, we can put on that one more node of growth, which is typically going to translate into that two to three bushels, like what you were talking about, right? We just got to get out, and we got to protect it. And, you know, especially we got more diseases like SDS is becoming more and more of an issue throughout the Midwest. And, you know, the silent killer, the, the cyst nematode, you know, thing there that's been around for a long time. Uh, again, these newer products like Saltro, uh, they will take care of both SDS and the cyst nematode. That just adds that other layer of protection to, like you said, put on those additional bushels and really help us knock it out of the park. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do, and a lot of them are small. A lot of them are, hey, here's a couple bushels here. Here's five bushel here. You know, all those things add up, though, to breaking through those yield plateaus, getting better yields and better profitability than you've ever had. Uh, Dean Grossnickel, thank you so much. I really appreciate having you on. Thanks for all the ideas and all the info, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thank you got matt miles on next somebody that's already broken that hundred bushel barrier long long ago and and done it so many times it's probably old hat for matt but uh but matt thank you so much for being on we really appreciate it yes sir thanks for having me hey i got a couple questions for you because i know over the last couple years you've talked to us about planting early where do you see gaining yield on early planting is it adding more nodes is it just having more time to catch sunlight or or what what are you finding with early planting uh dan uh, all of the above i mean we we're able to add a few more extra nodes we're able to get a, a little bit more sunlight um you know, and it just seems to make a, uh, a, that's the single most effective way for us to, to determine yield or to increase yield is, is planting date. We were so used to planting in May, then we moved it to April, and now we're starting to move in March. Every time we move it, we pick up bushels. Very interesting. And I, I, I would say this to everybody listening, if you haven't haven't met Matt before, Matt's been at the Ag PhD Field Day for quite a number of years. And he made a made a practice every year of trying to raise better yielding soybeans than, well, not just trying, uh, but raising better yielding soybeans than Brian and me each time. So we're always trying to pick up a few tips here. Uh, all right, Matt, one other thing that a lot of guys will talk about is I don't want to have such a big gap between nodes on my plant and a lot of times you'll see these big tall growthy beans and they don't have a whole lot of pods on them and i know where you raise soybeans uh you can certainly see that sometimes too where beans get really big and tall but don't necessarily reward you with yield uh is there a trick to getting around that uh what are some of the things you found to to maybe not have so much growth and, and maybe have just solid pods all the way up well, it's hard to it's hard to have the right fertility to make high yielding beans and also not get them you know not get too much growth on them. So that's kind of a uh, a double edged sword there. But what we do is we research varieties we always have on farm research and try to pick those higher yielding varieties that don't seem to get as tall. And then we keep you know we keep PGRs on them. You know what people forget about in beans is seed size. And that's one thing that hadn't been mentioned on here, but the bigger you can get that seed, you know, just that, that just piles, you know, piles the bushels on. Uh, early planting does, does help with the, with the growth. If you get later in the year, they want to be more vegetatively, you know, grow vegetatively than reproductive. So, you know, it's kind of a combination of several things. Herbicide burn, 
we don't worry about that because that does seem to semi help stack the nodes. And uh, the last thing you want is a bean that you're cutting on the ground, especially when you're on raised beds like we are. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Okay, last thing, nematodes. Uh, I know in the South we hear a lot about root-knot nematodes. Of course, cyst nematodes are a big issue. Uh, besides just getting resistant beans and crop rotation, have you found anything else? Is seed treatment part of the solution here, or what What have you seen? We we have better luck if we run a, a you know, ours is all root-knot, and we have better luck if we take a root-knot resistant bean and add a seed treatment to it. Uh, you know, just it's just kind of like fungicide. It's a dual mode of action. Uh, been in instances before when we didn't do that in a supposedly, you know, root not resistant bean and and them, and them take over there. So anything you can do that gives you a positive re- result against a nematode is always seen to be worth the money for us. Yeah, I love taking multiple shots at any problem we got. I uh, talked with Matt Miles here with the Extreme Ag Group, and he also farms down in the state of Arkansas. Matt, thank you so much, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. We'll be right back after this. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Downtime during spraying can lead to huge yield losses. Keep rolling with the Pentair Hypro Force Field. This pump features a unique self-regulated chamber that allows the pump to run dry while eliminating cracked seals, so you can spray longer and more reliably. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. Pasture spraying season is upon us, and your spray window may be longer than you realize. Many weeds like musk thistle and Canada thistle are still able to be controlled after a few light frosts. If you've got some ground that's losing productivity to invasive weeds, turn to proven answers like Weedmaster and Burnmaster from New Farm. Go to newfarm.com forward slash US crop to learn more. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plan, do you think you could cut your farm's fertilizer expenses? Maybe you could increase your yields. Why not both? I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're devoting two full days to our Ag PhD Soils Clinic this year, January 10th and 11th at the Morton Center on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the two most important days you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car, steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. 
Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way, including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Talking about soybeans, and of course, a lot of these tips could be applied to other crops as well. So hopefully if soybeans aren't the main crop on your farm, you're, you're picking up a few things here. Uh, just some things to think about anyway. Hey, does this pertain to the crop that I'm raising? Uh, real happy to have Brady Spangenberg on right now with BASF to talk a little about soybeans. Maybe... I don't know, Brady. Should we just talk about the whole thing, all the way from uh, seed seed treatment, all all the way through till harvest? Seems like BSF's got something about all the way uh, all the way through here. Hey, Darren. Thanks for having me. And yeah, happy to talk about uh, everything from seed to bin and the planting period in between. All right, let's start with the seed then. And and you think about uh, some of the different things going on. I know uh, BSF, a lot of folks don't think about BSF as being this great big seed company, but certainly working on traits and technology and uh, those types of things. A lot of things happening behind the scenes with nematodes and other things that BSF's working on. So that that part of the business kind of goes unnoticed for to a large degree, Brady. Uh, it has in the past, and I think this year uh, we're starting to get see some solid momentum with the, the Tavo business. Uh, that's the new brand name that we brought to the market a couple of years ago now. And, and this year, uh, there are 10 new seed varieties for the 23 growing season. And, and what we keep recommending, especially um, when looking at your overall soybean acre, is to, to start with your, your trade intention. You know, which traits uh, are you going to be planting on your farm? Let that inform both your knockdown and your burndown uh, selections and really go from there so that you can have sort of a complete system uh, in place and a complete plan for, for the success of that year. You know, that that does bring up a couple of good points. I mean, there are some traits out there that offer some some different tools, which is which is really cool. But uh, even if you get the right seed and you get the right trait and, and all that kind of thing, you got to have a seed treatment on there, too, is our experience. There's just too many early season diseases and insects that can knock you out of the game or reduce your stand before you even get going. Absolutely. And and getting that seed in the ground, protected against those soil-borne diseases and emerged out of the ground is, I mean, that's step one, right? And and at the same time, um, the one that goes unnoticed often is soybean cyst nematode. Have they been gnawing on those roots as it's been growing? And eventually that shows up as sudden death syndrome in, in August. And, and that's something that I think, you know, you spend the entire year planning and then you got a big yellow stripe down your field with, with sudden death. So, We've been recommending Levo seed treatment, no matter um, you know which seed you go with, uh, as the best protection against so- uh, sudden death syndrome and, and really those soybean cyst nematodes. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. With uh, good treatments out there like Olivo that have really shown up, uh, you know, we were just talking with Matt Miles. He was talking about man. We're, we're having good gains planting early. And if you're planting mm-hmm. early, you're just more at risk for a lot of different diseases, not just SDS, but uh, but other things as well. Okay, let's let's move in crop here. BSF, whenever uh, growers hear BSF, they think, man, uh, leaders in fungicides and plant health and those types of things. When does that start in soybeans? And is it different with the uh, 
beans that are raised in the south versus beans that are raised in the north, or is it kind of the same timings? We tend to think the, the fungicide planning discussion really happens now um, and on into Q1. Um, you know, you think about um, if, if you're waiting until you see it, uh, see disease in your field, you've probably waited too long. <laughs> so um, part, of, part of our overall fungicide recommendation starts with 0% financing um, because we think that gives growers the best chance to uh, kind of stake their claim, so to speak, with, with gallons and a plan. Uh, together with their dealer, and and for our money, uh, Revitech fungicide for uh, uh, for soybeans uh, provides the um, uh, sort of both fast uptake and curative activity, enhances the binding strength of that molecule, and provides exceptional activity. Uh, Preaxor is another option, and at the same time, you know we know that there are um, in some cases, um, you know, different programs. You mentioned sort of different different crops as well. And so uh, many of our fungicides have a wider label and we just recommend, you know, planning early with your dealer because um, that the early plan is way better than the wait until I see it plan. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And a lot of these tools, I mean, very much like weed control, if we can kill pigweeds before we ever see them, our best chance of keeping that plant healthy is stopping disease before it ever shows up on the leaves. And there's a lot of different diseases now, mm-hmm. depending on where you're at growing soybeans, that, that can really steal some yield from you. Talking to Brady Spangenberg here with BSF. Brady, uh, we could talk all day, but I do really appreciate the tips you've given us. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Likewise to you and yours, and uh, as always, feel free to reach out to us across our many uh, digital platforms, uh, whether they're Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Many thanks, and you thank be- you to Ag PhD. You bet. Thanks, Brady. Really appreciate that. I uh, got Trent Noasad on right now. Talk a little equipment here. He's with KSIH. How's it going, Trent? Oh, pretty good, Darren. How are you? Not too bad. You know, we were talking about, and Brady had some great points there about just getting off to a good start. And it really comes down to equipment, getting that seed in the ground to try to get uh, even emergence and and really good fast emergence too. What are some of the equipment tips you'd give us for for raising higher yielding soybeans? Well, I mean, to to get off to a good start, we have to make sure that our seeding equipment are uh, top-notch. So maintenance is, is definitely in the preseason. Uh, take your time and get your unit maintained. Make sure that your discs are are, are sharp and ready to, to cut that seed trench and that uh, everything else on that, whether it be a planter or a drill, uh, is, is ready to go so that you can uh, get the best possible uh, job out of that, uh, out of that uh, seeding or planting class. You know, I hear a lot of folks talk about planting corn and man, are they fussy with the planter and on soybeans, it seems like, well, we just throw them in there and, and they'll be fine. They can really adjust to things, but uh, you're absolutely right. If we can, if we can do things right with that planter and we get those soybeans off to the best start possible, we've got an advantage. My dad always talked about it, Trent, in the dry years, really standing out. He said, man, if I can get that seed placed an inch to an inch and a half deep, I can get down into a little bit of moisture and my emergence just happens so much faster than when seeds are all over the place. So uh, I know that can make a huge difference. Uh, what are some of the other things? Uh, let's talk about if you're using a drill. What if what if you're going with a drill? I know your seed placement can't be quite as good as it's going to be at the planter, but what are some things we should think about there to, to get the best emergence we can? 
Well, a couple of things we, we want to take a look at other than the maintenance stuff is, is make sure that we're setting and setting our down pressure right for our field conditions, um, you know, and, and checking to make sure that we're, we're doing a good job afterwards. Uh, I mean, at its case IH, uh, we launched a new product last year in our, in our drill lineup, the Precision Disc Drill 550s. And in that, of course, is uh, both our 550 as well as our 550T tank mounted. And we made a number of enhancements with that particular product to ensure uh, the best possible stand from any single disc air drill in the market. You know, we use a, uh, a parallel link uh, assembly, uh, very similar to the idea that you'd find on a planner. And its ground following uh, capabilities are excellent in terms of getting that seed uh, placed right in the ground. We've done a number of other enhancements to ensure that the row unit on that drill works properly in from conventional to no-till. Uh, we instituted a, a new angle adjuster on that row unit that allows us to tailor our closing uh, our closing angle of our of our wheel so that we're able to close the slot no matter whatever conditions to ensure that we have excellent emergence and an excellent stand no matter the, the conditions that that field or this year provides to us, right? we're able to deal with it all. Well, and, and you're exactly right, because we see varying conditions across fields. I know on our own farm, we've got some rolling hills, and the hilltops are just a little different than the side hills, a little different than the lower ground, and we've got some cover crop, we've got some no-till, we've got some reduced till, uh, we've got some conventional till, too, in some spots, and you know, all those things as growers are heading across, just having the right equipment to be able to handle variable conditions, certainly a key to success in soybeans and any crop you're going to raise. We're talking with Trent Noasad here with Case IH. Trent, thank you so much. Really appreciate all the info today, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. We're talking about raising higher yields in soybeans and making more money raising that crop, making soybeans more fun. Uh, we'll continue with that discussion, and we'll take your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter. Because now, you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Commodity Classic has everything you need to take your farming operation to the next level. Nationally known thought leaders, a huge trade show with the latest ag innovations, outstanding education that will help you prepare for the next generation of farming and networking with thousands of farmers from across the nation and beyond. Join us in Orlando March 9th through 11th, 2023. Learn more at commodityclassic.com. Get the most out of every acre of your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February with seven full days of events on the docket, including agronomy workshops in corn, soybeans, and wheat, a tiling clinic, two days dedicated to soils, plus a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information that we can't wait to share. And best of all, these events are free. Register today at agphd.com. 
This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. What does it feel like to get all for none? How does all the Thanksgiving turkey with none of the cooking sound? All your football team's highlights with none of the timeouts. We'll do you one better. What about all the benefits of a new Farmall utility tractor with none of the finance cost? Welcome to Farmall A-Days. For a limited time only, gain 0% financing for 48 months or a cashback offer when you invest in select Farmalls this holiday season. There's a reason they call it a Farmall and not a Farm None. Visit caseih.com slash offers to learn more about these special offers running now through December 31st. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking soybeans today, trying to make soybeans more fun. And how do we have fun with soybeans? Well, we make make some money, raise some high yields, make some money doing it, uh, makes it a lot more fun. And you know what? A lot of a lot of our guests today have focused on. Let's get nematodes out of the way so that isn't stealing our fun and stealing our profit. Hey, let's deal with the fertility issues. Hey, let's let's work on plant health. Uh, let's work on our soils. Let's work on our equipment to, to make sure we're doing a good job. There, there are a lot of things that we got to focus on. And, you know, for a lot of growers like us here in the north, we aren't even going to start planting soybeans until April, hopefully, uh, or maybe May. So we got some time here. We got some time to put in the work and do a little homework here to figure out what the best things we can do to what are the best things we can do to make more money raising soybeans. Now, I got another great guest now. I got Lake Goglin on with us right now uh, with Sound Ag. Lake, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, I saw a graphic this morning. One of my friends posted this. He said, man, we are right in the 51 below wind chill zone. So we got nothing to do but <laughs> be, be inside thinking about soybeans. And uh, I know you're in the north, too. So uh, what are some of the things you're talking to growers about when it comes to, to raising soybeans? And, and as I as I put it, making soybeans more fun. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Soybeans tend to be kind of the the black sheep of a, of a corn soy rotation or even a corn soy uh, wheat rotation. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of the basics first off. I mean, you got to start with a really good pre um, and stay clean with a good post. That's, that's the number one. I think you guys talk about that. You do a really good job kind of stressing that. Um, but with soybeans, it's, it's really how you start and how you finish the in-between can kind of can change a lot. Uh, moisture is always a factor, but if we can start that soybean off with a really robust root system, we we provide that that plant to to tolerate stress a lot better. You know, you think about that. We we don't have a massive root system on beans, and one of the biggest right. challenges for soybeans are: can we pull in enough water? 
can we pull in enough nutrients? And we're always relying on that August rain. If we don't get it, we just don't get yield. But if we can enhance that root system, that can make a big deal. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of where, you know, I, I, our source product uh, from sound ag comes into play um, and a lot of other microbial uh, type products. Uh, we just, we get that on with that early, that early post pass and, and we encourage that root system to do what it naturally does. And it signals to those microbes and says, Hey, bring me moisture. Um, you know, and I, I do bring me nutrients and, and I do believe in, in those late seed and foliar applications as well, because of that drought type situation we almost always encounter uh, in South Dakota. So if we can provide, you know, a, a little bit more of a, a different way to bring in those nutrients, I, I just really think that keeps that, that plant healthy and happy. Yeah. You talk about bringing a different way to do things. And, and I think about it like this too. If we're just putting more soybean plants out there, all we're doing mm-hmm. is uh, spreading the roots out a little bit more, kicking more organic acids out in the soil trying to to loosen up the nutrients that are out there and it's just more of the same but to have different things going on to have uh, signals going out to the microbes saying all right the plant can only do so much but we've got billions of microbes in just a small handful of soil why not put those guys to work for us out in the soil? It makes, it makes so much sense to me. It's just something that we can't see. And that, that makes it harder for us to, to really understand how that's, how that's working out there and, and to really see how big a deal that can, can make for us, you know, for growers that are listening, like, uh, what do you recommend? I mean, how do we, how do you do that on farms? Do you start with side by sides or, uh, or, or there's some things growers can do to try to analyze some of these natural type approaches. Yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest thing we, biggest things we encounter, biggest hurdles I'd say is it's really hard to quantify how much these microbes influence yield when it comes to, you know, comes down, down to dollars and cents. And that's what, you know, that's what, that's how we measure, you know, something successful or not. Um, we do a lot of, a lot of strip trials, side by side trials to where we can, you know, we can show yield, but what we're doing at sound, especially, is, is we're taking tissue samples. We're taking soil samples. I'm part of a project right now where we're looking at sodic soils and saline soils and how um, how source, you know, kind of interacts with that. How, how do we boost the positive microbes without also boosting the, the negative microbes, right? Because those microbes that, that thrive in saline and sodic soils are not always good for for the crop itself. Ooh, that's a great point. Yeah, as we have environmental challenges out there, there's going to be some yeah. bad guys that step up and and kind of dominate those zones. And you know, with the with the naturals market, we see this growing. We see more products coming. We see a lot more excitement. Obviously, millions and millions of dollars being invested into this area of agriculture. What do you see as the future? What what's coming down the road in the next five years? And and where do you see the the long term game here with with many of the natural type products yeah i think that i think that term in particular the naturals the biologicals has caused a lot of consumer fatigue to where they just kind of they see oh it's a biological that does this it's a biological that does that and that kind of shut off a lot of growers um and, and for good i mean it, with you know they're the right to feel that way because there's been so much thrown at them um, but I think the future of it is just trying to trying to to utilize 
that plant's natural processes and just kind of exemplify it, right? Try to get it to basically putting it on steroids um, and get it to do what it was originally meant to do versus, you know, trying to just bombard the soil with, with different microbes that maybe are not native to that soil. Uh, that's, that's where I think we, if we can, if we can utilize what's already there, if we can utilize the microbes that are there, they're going to grab that, you know, that, that nutrient system that's already in the soil. Yeah, there, there's just a lot to learn, and it's it's exciting to me. It's I, I just think, oh, I wish I was 20 years younger, uh, and then then I'd get to to do all this stuff 20 years longer, like because I I just know this next generation is going to have even more fun than we're having, and and raise some big time yields too, and make some money. No, that's that's exactly right. It's it's a lot of fun to try to you know as as you dive into this this new you know, kind of uh, segment of of crop protection, crop production. There's a lot of really interesting things that are coming down the pipeline. Um, And I just think that, I think there's so much more to learn as we get all these tools that we can, you know, we can, we can analyze a a teaspoon of soil. That's just amazing to me. Um, Imagine that 25 years ago, right? That's the, the amount of of data that we have that we can, that we can kind of work with and move forward with is just incredible. Yeah, it's, it's just getting more fun all the time. We're talking with Lake Goglin here with Sound Ag. Lake, thank you so much. We really appreciate all the info today. Thanks for the enthusiasm. We really appreciate that, too. And Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yeah, same to you. Happy holidays to all. And I uh, uh, wish you all a, a very successful uh, 2023. Thanks, Lake. We're talking about higher yields in soybeans, and, and to me, that's that's the name of the game. If we can raise better yielding crops uh, and make more money on the farm, we get to keep farming and we get to feed the world as population continues to grow. I, I think that's a big deal. The other thing that, that we didn't really add to this discussion was just the quality of those beans and what can we do to have higher oil content, higher protein content. Those are some challenging things that our industry is facing. Right now, when I, I get those questions, a lot of times I, I follow up with, well, are you being paid for those things? And, and, for the most part, people say, well, no, I'm just getting paid for bushels, but I'm curious about them. And and that's good to be curious. It's good to ask those questions and take a look at that. Uh, I, I do think down the road, there will be some incentive for us as farmers on a wide scale basis to raise higher protein and raise better nutritional content in those beans. So that's going to be something that we're looking at too. So we're, we're certainly watching, you know, what are we doing for nutrients on our farm? We talk a lot about matching up our soil test grids with yield from those points. So we can look right on those same GPS coordinates. What was our fertility mix and what was our yield? I think we'll be doing the same thing with quality to see, okay, what did we have for quality as we went through? And can we identify which nutrients are helping us build protein levels? They're helping us build those quality components that we want, oil content and so forth. So those are some things just to, to ch- put the challenge out there for everybody. Come up with a good idea on those and share it. Uh, we'd love to hear what you're doing on your farm to get higher yields. Uh, and if you're working on those quality components with soybeans or other crops, uh, we'd love to love to learn from you as well. Thanks for listening today to our, our talk about soybeans. And we always welcome your feedback, radio at agphd.com. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.